All right, everybody. If you had to pick an actor to play your life in a movie, who would you pick? I'll go first to give everybody a little bit of a moment to think about it. I would definitely pick Elizabeth Olsen. I'm just saying. Mad props. Similar age groups. I don't feel a little bit weird about picking somebody younger than me, older than me. And because I was a Mary-Kate and Ashley fan when I was younger and my best friends were twins. So they were clearly Mary-Kate and Ashley. So I had to pick their sister to role play as a child. And so I'm like, pretty much I've already role played her life. So I feel like vice versa, right? It just totally works that way. That's that's how these things work. So I'm telling myself. Anybody else have an answer? The tip of their tongue. Mm. Right. Not at all. I'll say not at the tip of my tongue, but with a not to imply that he would, right? Because this right. person's career is probably past having to play me in a movie. Um, but Daniel Radcliffe would be very cool. I like that. I like that. I or think even, I think that you're underplaying the importance of your life, man. <laughs> uh, or even Matthew Lewis, who played uh, Neville Longbottom. In the Harry he Potter was movies, great so. in the Me Before You movie, too, Yeah, when he wasn't yeah. Neville, even though I loved him in Harry Potter. So, But I'm, I'm seeing a theme of your Harry Potter casting. Yeah, for some reason, I'm just picking British people. Uh. <laughs> How about, for me, I'm going to go just very classy, Julia Roberts. She has been in like a lot of different roles. And I think too, like as I've changed over the years and evolved into a 41 year old, Julia just hits the mark for me. So I'm going to go with that one. I love it. I I could see it. I can get behind it. Platson and you're okay. I mean, for the, for the absolute moment, I'm thinking Cameron Diaz as she played in in Charlie's Angels. <laughs> Not in the holiday, because that would also, nope. I could see mm-hmm. that. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> in, in a very nice way, in a way that says that's one of my favorite movies and yeah. a holiday tradition, not in like a, but no, I, I, I could get behind it. I could see it. I like or that. I did just see the the glass onion and Anna Darmus was awesome. And I'm like, I like her in that and she could play me if she wanted to right i know i'm like this is with the full assumption that none of our lives are interesting enough to cast somebody to sit in their home office and stare at a computer screen but just in case we ever did something more exciting than this and they were willing to take a serious pay cut and be in a low budget film Yes, a hundred percent. You know, this is this is awesome, and to kind of pivot to what we're talking about today, right? Privacy at the workplace and home. So, welcome everybody, Tech for Business podcast. We're doing season two today. We're joined by Anne and Matthew, who are both GRC analysts in our security department, and then Tara and myself are moderating for our marketing department. We'll kind of start off right at going ahead. What spawned this as a topic for both of you? What kind of, I know there's a lot of things that we could be talking about. What, how do you want to lead into this discussion today? So, uh, I have a lot of, uh, I'm fully remote. Let's start there. Um, So a lot of the stuff that I do, I have to keep inside, uh, keep in mind, not just 
the privacy of the business, but my own personal privacy. I have a lot of technology at home, uh, not just business, but for things that I just do to keep the home safe or, or easy to organize. Um, as part of that, uh, there is a lot of da data that flows into and out of my home. So keeping that segmented, keeping it safe, deciding what's right for me and what's right for others. And then on top of that, uh, there was a um, security flaw found in the camera system that I use not too long ago, which I think is when this conversation originally started uh, and what what that could mean. It, it, what do you do if you're finding that if you're not as technical and, and maybe don't know how to keep on top of that as well? These are the that was what started the conversation for me. <laughs> And I think sending articles to all of you about those as I uh, tried to fix it as quickly as possible. And I, from a, a data segregation, having come from a home office situation, I'm not remote typically, but over the last two years was, and having kids that were remote students at the same time trying to segregate where that overlap is, what, and also manage the controls that I want to have for my kids and my family without being overly burdensome, but protective of both my, my role at CIT and the data that's so important to our business and uh, the separation. That's always my, <laughs> my big understanding or my big concern making sure things are separated and and in the right box where where those those divide and and are protected that makes perfect sense of kind of setting those boundaries right of what's where i'd love to hear both of you kind of talk about a what we do at cit i know we've mentioned right where you're both working what your kind of personal experiences have been to prompt this discussion but what we do as a company and then what are those boundaries kind of between workplace and personal? I'll let you guys take that wherever you want a tangent. <laughs> um, well, as you mentioned, uh, Anne and I are both GRC analysts. Um, however, we do have different sections within that. <laughs> so I, I work, uh, we both work obviously with external with external customers, but uh, Anne also works very heavily on the internal side of things, which her domain um <laughs> and the way that that all all ties in is that we we spend a lot of time more time than most people far more time than most people want to spend um talking about compliancy and and federal regulations and and changes that are coming through i the uh the ftc podcast that we've done Anne and i spent probably triple digit hours talking about those FTC regulations before the podcasts were done just in general. So <laughs> that's that's what we do and that's that's how CIT helps within those spaces. Um and you want to talk about the internal side of things a little bit and and kind of what that looks like? Well, it 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 really comes full circle with every um oversight agency entity that we both keep apprised of regulation changes, evolutions. We we have to understand what that means for CIT, not just our customers and but CIT. That that said, while we aren't specifically governed by 
a number of these, we we implement so many of the controls that these these uh, regulatory agencies and entities have. That that includes everything from something as simple as our acceptable use, where this would evolve into our our privacy boxes. We are an acceptable use is one of those first controls that you can implement as a this is what we should do this is what we must do this is what we can't do and i i had mentioned to matthew before this uh the while it's unlikely you would have that at home it is definitely a discussion that you would always want to have to uh, to make everyone aware and that's that's from a very young age of kids even to uh, spouses, uh, family members that may not necessarily understand what that means and and trying to help apply the controls. And acceptable use is, isn't necessarily a policy, isn't necessarily a just a signed on, <laughs> yes, I understand, but it really is that implementation of we want to be conscientious of where all of our, our boxes are and how we protect those. That was brilliant. <laughs> That's yeah, <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Um, I, I think that leads as well into that next step of of boundaries, right? And a lot of this, there there is a lot to cover here. Um, so I'll just very briefly, the the distinctions I want to make um, when we're talking about this in terms of privacy, we're talking about it in terms of four separate things and the crossover they have. So we're talking about your bit about the business we're talking about your personal we're talking about in the workplace and we're talking about at home and so the crossover here is when we talk about your business privacy we're talking about it in the workplace as well as at home when we talk about your personal privacy we're talking about it in the workplace and at home um and there will be different levels of that everywhere um i i have a example that i'd like to cover quickly because i think it covers one of those ones that maybe people don't think about as often, which was um, at a previous employer, I had a customer that was able to get on my nerves very easily. And they had a tendency to call me out of hours um, to expect things to be done that were far outside the scope of the work. Um, as someone who was often at that time very likely to just stop and do whatever was requested to get the work done um my partner was very uh i'm trying to think of the word she did this very nicely um but she was very clear that that was not appropriate <laughs> that a i should stop taking those calls b i needed to stop talking about that customer at home because i was getting too angry every time i did um that they that was no longer something that was that was a boundary that she had created for the home it was it was about the business side of things but but it was a a personal boundary about that to create this space uh and i think that that's a good way of thinking about this uh what type of things can you talk about at work that you wouldn't talk about at home what types of things are important to keep in mind in both locations uh and then as uh ann mentioned it's it's family related as well. 
from the business perspective and from home is that we, we often want to think of it from a from the the business perspective the data perspective but it's not just that it's it's how comfortable do you feel talking about certain things sharing certain things um when we talk about hipaa this is a very clear distinction you can't talk about things that are identifiable about patients uh etc you can't share that information but when it comes down to from that personal side and creating those boundaries for yourself it's just slightly different and, and it creates this same scenario when we're all working from home can your partner hear everything you're saying during your work meetings is that appropriate etc yeah the to dovetail on what Matthew said, it, it's easier when there is a specific regulatory entity to apply the controls to. When what one person assumes is common sense of one type of data is applied inconsistently because perceptions change, someone may not care about sharing their <laughs> HIPAA data. And it, again, that's really easy to black and white that that piece. But I, I say this to my kids, it's not your data to share. And it's hard to say just because you may know something doesn't mean it's it's something that you should be home or, or office sharing among co-workers, anything, and, and like Matthew said, the the range of drawing those boundaries is is more and more difficult once once there isn't a, it is super easy to say my date of birth and my health status is not shareable, but yeah. when it gets into, well, what is the project status of customer XYZ? They may be very sensitive, is it actually a, a violation of any law? Probably not. Is it against our privacy statement? It is. Um, that that makes it a little easier, but it it it's ongoing education of of what those rules are and where we determine those boundaries. What, again, home office. <laughs> it that is also very key in trying to communicate where we want to draw the box. <laughs> like, yeah. And. Uh... And you and I have spoken of this before, but one of my one of my favorite examples of this that came through the CMMC training um, was about organizations who lost federal contracts because people congratulated them on winning the contract prior to that becoming public knowledge. Yeah. Um, so obviously there's a lot of regulations with that and, and these things will impact your business, um, but it's just. It, it could be something as simple as your partner overhearing it and mentioning it to a friend and that person posting it on Facebook as a, a congratulations on a post you make about having good news in the future. You, or, or in the case of the example that was given, posting congratulations on a completely unrelated post. Um, so really, it, I, I think it's super important to kind of sit down and think about that. And you've probably know what those limits are with your partner um <laughs> and with your family uh i'm sure we all know and and have known people who overshare far too often um and it, it feels like you just how okay how are we having that conversation right now in this meeting um 
those are the types of things you want to know are, are comfortable with everyone. And the same works on that business perspective. Uh, what are you taking home with you? What are you not taking home with you? Deciding what compliance and guidelines you're going to follow from a business perspective is the equivalent of having that conversation with your family. And once you know, and if you do have regulations to follow at home, kind of deciding how that's going to look and, and what everyone can do from home. One of the, the things that I think about often is, I believe, and Anne, correct me if I'm wrong here, the SOC 2 requirement of um, workstations not being visible from windows or doors uh, in a work from home scenario. Or protected in such a way that they're not visible to others. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It, they can be privacy or, screens, right? Or how, how do you, those without a it need to know isn't, isn't in the phrase, but it's something to that effect. It's, yeah. I always take from it, if someone can walk in or look th walk through past the door or look through the window and see yes. your screen, you haven't met that requirement. Yes. Um, and so we, we personally, I see this a lot. You'll you'll go past, you know, the, the bigger hospitals and you'll see that there's a screen that you can see that's like shining on the window. That always stresses me out because if someone were to be malicious and get a telescope or binoculars they probably could read some of that data um but those types of things are things you want to think about when you're at home as well and and personally that created a very awkward environment for me in my home office because there is the uh, the windows here and the doors back there and so i had to twist my desk specifically <laughs> to make it work um it, it, there is I feel this can be a very tricky conversation, especially when you're creating these guidelines at home. Um, any uh, recommendations, Anne? <laughs> I I have three boys. I'll leave this with. I have three boys, and all three are very different in how they absorb information. One will walk by whatever I'm doing out of sight, and pay no attention to whatever I am doing at my desk. The other will walk up and say, hey, can I do something? And again, even if he can see where what I'm doing, the third will notice something unrelated. Oh my gosh, that's a great logo. Where did you, what is that from? And start to ask more questions about what I'm doing. So the, the management as a whole is so unique and difficult, but I see that exact scenario in the workplace as well. Each person that you encounter has a different set of, of personal rules in, in data sharing or data absorption. I am very like, I don't want to know. I don't need to know. <laughs> Please don't tell me if if you don't want me to know it. I, I truly don't care. I, I promise I will not be hurt by you not telling me this. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> where there's others that are like, oh, please, I want to hear the whole thing. <laughs> like, and and I do find myself, I, 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 it's really hard. I, I, part of the, the struggle I always bring into both privacy and, and uh, that risk of associated with managing privacy well is your your basic cultural norms too, 
because a a typical Midwesterner wants to share, not overshare, but share exactly how everything, because I do it to myself, but <laughs> like, but let's, it's not for, for public, it's for certain people, I guess, if that makes sense. So trying, that has been a continual learning cycle of mine to completely go tangent on this, but the the privacy element always comes back to my the back of my brain to say who am i sharing this with do they need to know do i want them to know is there a relevant need is it what's the protection standard on it if that makes sense and that uh very often falls in the common sense category if that make I, i'm saying that a lot um that it it just makes it very difficult, but that continued reminder, even at home or the workplace, to say these are the rules. Hi Tara, I went to the store today and I found this super great deal. You can tell everybody. <laughs> like Matthew, we had a customer that had a, a really difficult transition, and the CEO has left. That is not for anything outside of this. So having to add those additional controls, maybe even per conversation, seems overly arduous, but sometimes it's necessary. Yeah. I completely well, agree. I'll come I, back from my tangent. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, I really, yeah, I was going to say, I really liked that tangent because at least it helped me understand a little bit because, right, if you're doing kind of a self-analysis and you're going, well, man, like I work at home with my husband here all the time. Granted, yes, I'm wearing headphones and yes, I'm not customer facing. So right, there's a kind of difference level, but right, kind of when you're going through and going, okay, well, what's workplace drama and what's right, okay, to kind of be like, okay, I need to vent this without then going into now I've spilled the beans on things that shouldn't be said or shown. And then the other part that my brain kind of goes to is, well, on the personal privacy side of things, let's say I'm chatting with Matthew and I'm going, oh, you would not believe what just happened in this meeting, yada, 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 <laughs> right? All of these things. How do business owners handle that sort of situation? Because we know it's happening and now that we're, right, we're hybrid first, so many of these things now are detailed and, right, we've heard the like, hey, so-and-so asked for the transcript of this What's considered personal privacy? And does that, I'm guessing it depends is probably half the answer here. Um, yes. <laughs> but I would love to hear from your two's perspective of like, what's the best practice there in an ideal world? So the FTC just had their FTC con, um, which I thoroughly enjoyed, just in case you guys want to know how I spend my weekends. Um, and the goal of of it was to cover a lot of a lot of changes that are coming through and and conversations around big data, especially when it came to employee interactions and things like that. And the short version is that if you're using your company's tools to communicate, those communications are theirs, all of them. Um, I know this is. It seems pretty obvious and clear, but it, it needs to be restated, I think, every day. <laughs> if you're using tools that your company provided to chat, phones your company provided, anything they provided, or in some cases, even if you've, and, and this is generally overreach, I believe, of the tools, but 
sometimes the uh, mobile device management or MDM solutions you can get are on your device tracking more than they should. They may be tracking who you call if it's work related, if you're using things like Teams or or if you have business Skype accounts, it's tracking those as well. Um, and those things are removing that privacy from you because you're using work solutions to do it. So my belief and the, the logic that I use with that is if I'm using something that is work related, it's always public. Um, and just as a quick tangent, uh, there is Slack conversations from team uh, from uh, Twitter uh, that were had multiple years ago that are now being brought to light um, in uh, news articles because a journalist has been given free access to their Slack. Um, so while that's obviously a, a over-the-top example, I personally can't imagine how stressful that must be <laughs> for some of these people uh, when throwaway basically texts that they sent five plus years ago are now being posted in uh, some of the biggest websites in the world. And that could happen to you is the fear I'm trying to instill. <laughs> We've got to a very happy place with this yeah. conversation. There's no such thing as privacy. There is only yeah. the business. Um, <laughs> Everything is watching you, your lives to somebody and else. Yeah. And like, so how do we get around that is we don't have private conversations using work hardware. And then one of my big things is knowing what that scope creep is on MDM solutions. So before installing any of those tools on my phone, I spoke with our director of cybersecurity and I found out exactly what data is gathered so that I knew. So I didn't feel uncomfortable with it. Otherwise, I just wouldn't have put Teams on my phone. Um, that's my way, my private or my personal boundary is to find out what the boundaries of the other tools are so that I can then feel comfortable with that rather than just accepting it and and going without checking. To put a, a big circle around that, I I always want to tell people what they can do rather than, yes, there's this control and it's not necessarily going to be easy to execute, but this is what we can do or this is what we should do rather than, and I would love to be a, a compliance officer saying, no, 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 no. But the reality is we have to do business. That's that's at home and at work and everything. So we want to do the best with the tools that we have and and be make ourselves aware that that conversation and putting a bow on it to say this is not for outside of this. Tell this to the world. Those kind of controls. Those those are perfect recurring educational pieces that that we can be doing all the time to say, yes, we can, but let's do this to make this the best possible scenario. That makes perfect sense. Last week, Todd talked about the saying seven, saying the same thing seven times, seven ways. And I feel like that's right. A reiteration of this that was about just technology in general, it but Anne, I feel like it does not work on teenagers. I'll just add <laughs> that. Like it is about Disclaimer. 22 to 50 times, but that's okay. I'm learning. <laughs> I We're saying totally it's a minimum of like, yeah. it depends on your audience. <laughs> yeah, we've all had people like that. 
100%. But I know we're kind of running up on time here. But is there any advice that you would give to somebody who's maybe a business owner and going, I didn't consider these things. And how do I make sure that my team starts taking the next steps? What would kind of be the baby steps to start putting this in place? I want to reiterate Anne's awareness uh, comment because that's what it comes down to. Are you aware of where your data is? Are you aware of where that data is going? Creating workflows, logical and ephemeral of what your data is doing from a business perspective is going to give you that insight as well as what you're gathering that you don't realize you're gathering. Um, review those things if you are using MDM. The, uh, the Azure tools just want to grab as much as possible. So you can limit them. You can limit what they're doing. Uh, that's where I personally would start. And then the personal sharing that we talked about comes down to the culture that you're creating. People need to be able to talk with each other. You don't want to say you can't talk about your home life at the office. It'll be a very sad place. Um, <laughs> so kind of having that awareness of what it is that you're trying to build and what it is you're trying to do. And then also, like I said, where your data is going is the recommendation I have. I couldn't say it better. The awareness and knowing what you have and what you want to protect and how. It, it's not a no scenario anymore. It's not a you can't. It's a how can we best protect. I love that. That's awesome. But if anybody listening to has additional tangent questions, as we've shown, we love to talk. <laughs> so by all means, anybody can reach out. You can email us info at cit-net.com or head out to our website, cit-net.com backslash podcast. Thank you, and Thank you, Matthew, so much for sitting down chatting with us. Tara, for listening in, smiling and nodding right along with me. And we will be back next week with another episode. Awesome. Thank you all.